and welcome to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Lavelle. When someone tells you who they are, you should believe them. The same applies to NATO's current Secretary General Jan Stoltenberg. In an interview with the Washington Post, Stoltenberg revealed NATO is, in fact, a co-belligerent in the Ukraine conflict and that the alliance is anything but defensive. To discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by my guests, Martin Jay in Marrakesh. He's an award-winning journalist and commentator. And in Budapest, we crossed to George Samueli. He is a podcaster at The Gaggle, which can be found on YouTube and Locals. All right, gentlemen, crosstalk rules in effect. That means you can jump anytime you want, and I always appreciate it. All right, George, let's start out with you in Budapest here. I, I guess Joseph Burrell and Sultenberg are there, our two favorites because they're just such low-hanging fruit to, to you know, mock and to uh, deconstruct and unpack much of what they say to the public, because no one ever challenges either one of them. And that's why they come out so foolish. Uh, as I said in my introduction, the um, Stoltenberg did an interview with the Washington Post. Let me just read you the first question and then the first answer, and we can kick it off there. So this is the editorial board. How has the war uh, led NATO to recalibrate its defense posture and doctrine? This is you know, Stoltenberg's reply, which is really quite amazing. The war in Ukraine has fundamentally changed NATO, but you have to remember the war didn't start in 2022. The war started in 2014. And since then, NATO has implemented the biggest reinforcement of our collective defense since the end of the Cold War, though Ukraine's not in NATO, right? Okay, so let's go over there. And George, what sticks out to me is uh, 2014. It's just kind of dangling there. What, what is 2000? The reader never finds out what 2014 means. Kick it off, George. Well, that's exactly right. And that, uh, that introductory question and answer gives you a good sense of uh, what Stoltenberg is about. He, he reveals that we've been involved in uh, Ukraine arming, training uh, Ukrainian forces since 2014. Mm. And yet at the same time, we're asked to believe that Russia launched an unprovoked attack. It was unprovoked. There was nothing at all that preceded it that could have uh, led the Russians to uh, decide to attack. And then um, he later on, uh, uh, in an answer to another question, he says, oh, um, we, you know, NATO really has two tasks in Ukraine. One is to give everything Ukraine uh, needs. And the second is to prevent escalation. Um, how do we prevent escalation? Well, we prevent escalation uh, by declaring that NATO is not a party to the conflict. You just said you're going to give everything Ukraine needs. You're not a party to the conflict. And by uh, moving all of our forces eastwards right on uh, Russia's borders. So you prevent escalation by escalating. I mean, you know, you we know about you know George Orwell's 1984, War is Peace, Ignorance is Strength, and this is just dizzying. I mean, you know, Stoltenberg he just says one thing, and then in the next sentence he completely contradicts himself. But this is what NATO is about. I mean, NATO declares that we are a defensive alliance. That is why we continue to expand um, eastwards and, and and everywhere, and that we're going to get take in more and more and more countries. But we are a defensive alliance. How, how does that get to be defensive? And, and as you say, Peter, nobody ever challenges Stoltenberg because somehow NATO is regarded in Western media and policymakers circles as somehow self-evidently on the side of good when it is an obvious, aggressive war machine. Eric. 
Yeah, I, I think it was Twitter uh, 1.0. Basically, you had to venerate NATO. I can remember. I mean, basically putting it on a pedestal. Uh, Martin, what, what's really interesting here, again, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that the interviewer, the, the, the Washington Post editorial board, uh, won't, didn't challenge him on one thing. It was just stenography, pure and simple. But if you go, it's very interesting if you look at the entire um, uh um, interview. It's really what's interesting to me is that the whole idea of security is completely missing. Because if NATO claims to be defensive in terms of security, then by definition, ergo, others have security as well. This is something that's never recognized by NATO at all. No one has security interests. Everyone is talked at. There's no there's no conversation with. And this is the fundamental flaw of this alliance. And this flaw inherently makes it very dangerous, hence what we see what's going on in Ukraine. Martin. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. But I think it also um, raises the question, the, what is the, actually the identity or the raison d'etre of NATO itself? Is it a defense alliance which, in the event of defending a certain area of ground for its members, um, will actually go to war and put men on the front line um, and lose lives and deal with all that? Or is it an alliance which is more, I would argue, um, a talk shop, which takes um, the situation, the crisis, whatever it is, right to the very yeah. inches away from the abyss and plays this game um, against Russia. And so the actual the emphasis is on Russia to not escalate. So it's completely nonsense what um, Stoltenberg is saying about um, we we prevent escalation. It, quite the opposite. But, you know, I... I'm a cynical journalist, and you you talk about um, the stenography, and uh, I look at this interview as um, completely fake, completely. I'm absolutely certain this interview is not really an interview, and this is why there are the blunders in it. Like, I mean, there's a huge blunder that he's made talking about 2014. That goes against completely the narrative of um, what he's been pumping out for so long. Um, but I think, as a cynical journalist, I see this as a, as a scripted interview, probably done by email, and probably done by the press department of NATO and the press de- and and s- s- somebody on the um, on the board of the Washington Post. Look, I'll give you a, a, an old um, a trick of the trade. Journalists can usually spot scripted interviews like this a million miles off. And one of the giveaways is that any journalist of any real experience will tell you that the real genius, the gem, the nuggets of interviews, real interviews with politicians, are follow-up questions. Right. Now, if you look at this, there are no follow-up questions. Why not? Because it's scripted, because it's been written by people. You know, it's not, it's not a real interview. Um, any two-bit journalist worth, worth his weight in um, Siberian salt will look at two or three of these really important points that Stoltenberg has supposedly made and follow up with a key question. Give it the example of his reference to China and Russia. He says in his interview, um, you know, NATO doesn't compare to China and Russia in terms of military capability. You know, any journalist would chip in there and say, yeah, but for how long? When you look at the BRICS countries lining up, 19 now, (laughs) when you look at BRICS um, very rapidly turning into an Eastern Bloc um, and having its own uh, policies, its own currency, its own banking system, it's only a matter of time before defense strategy kicks in, particularly if the Americans keep on with this strategy against China. Well, that, that's exact, but that's exactly the point, George, is that it has nothing to do with defense of anything that I can see, is but what it is is to maintain and perpetuate 
hegemony. That's what this is all about. And that's why these very odd references, you know, uh, um, NATO isn't going to expand into Asia, but then he talks about their security interests vis-a-vis -vis China. And I, you know, that, that kind of, you know, yeah. there you go again, scrambling everybody's head. What are you talking about? And Martin's absolutely right, is that, that well, that, that's kind of a segue for a follow-up question. I mean, what do you mean by that? It just left dangled, George. No, uh, that's right. And what's, of course, um, interesting there is that he says something like, um, and then, you know, he even says, all NATO members agree that Ukraine will be a member of yeah. uh, NATO. Um, now, obviously, all NATO members do not agree on this, uh, and and you know we've we've had um, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, I think, when he said something before, uh, you know, putting out a tweet like just simply with the word "what," you know, exclamation point. <laughs> um, and and then of course, what's interesting when he says that is remember, um, you know, when Sergeant Schultz, another good friend of ours, when he was in Moscow a few days uh, before the start of Russia's so-called special military operation, he said, oh, this is all nonsense. Um, no one has any serious plans about bringing Ukraine into NATO. So which is the lie? That, that all members agree that Ukraine will be a member of NATO, something that they've continually repeated in one NATO summit after another, that NATO, Ukraine will be a member of NATO, or Sergeant Schultz. And remember when Michael McFall and Radek Sikorsky in that debate with um, Mearsheimer said, no, 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 there was never any serious plan of bringing Ukraine into NATO. So which is the lie? One statement or the other has to be a lie. But that's how NATO just gets away with it, by staying blatantly absurd things, obviously deceitful things, you know, starting with the, the pledge, not one inch to the east, uh, and then the, the uh, go, oh, no, well, we didn't, we, we didn't really mean that. We were just talking about Germany. We weren't talking about the rest of it. But we basically moved NATO's borders a thousand miles to the east. It's just a dizzying series of lies that they just get away with because there really is no challenge from the, the media. Yeah, in Martin, in, in, in the fragment that I that I read, uh, the the year two thousand fourteen. Again, there's no reference of what the, with the significance of that. Obviously, the reader is not informed that that was an illegal change of power in uh, in Kiev uh, of the coup against uh, the le legitimate and democratically elected government. But there's also missing is. The Minsk process, that's not there whatsoever. Um, you know, George is talking about the different levels of deceit that we have experienced. And, and we don't have any reference to Merkel, to Holland, and what their reference was to the, the it, none of this. Hey, a journalist would have said, well, can you explain then? No, that doesn't happen. Martin. No follow-up questions, you know, scripted interview. It reminds me, honestly, very much of the, um, the so-called white propaganda of the 1980s, during the Reagan era, you had a lot of articles placed in the Washington Post and the New York Times um, uh, talking about uh, the good, noble values of the Contras and how they're great people and how they value, uh, uh, cherish our values and we have so much in common with them. And, you know, it, did it work? All those articles, all those billion, millions of dollars spent, you know, it's a sim I, I've witnessed the same thing in my own career in Yugoslavia, in Zagreb in the 1990s, um, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Syria, um, uh, Iraq, uh, uh, and, and Afghanistan. You know this, this disinformation campaign, and this this just chimes with it. This for me, this is just an extension of it. Could it be that actually Joe Biden had a hand in this? Um, if you ever wondered, 
just how close NATO and, and Washington are, or if you ever wondered exactly the role that's required of the NATO Secretary General, you know, a lot of people just write him off as America's puppet. Um, mm -hmm. Look at these talking pieces, talking notes. Look at these um, talking points, sorry. Um, they just seem to be almost identical to all of the objectives that America is trying to reach, not only in Ukraine, but in the world. And how, how I mean, Joe Biden, we shouldn't forget, is very conservative. And he has a very conservative NATO Secretary General there. They're both looking back in history, not looking forward. They both want an East-West Cold War setup where everything is nice and binary and simplified, and we know how to do our deals, and we know who our enemies are, and we know who our friends are. You know, the reference to 2014, I find absolutely hilarious because he doesn't expand on that. And the reason why he doesn't expand on that because he doesn't want to actually open this can of worms where everybody realizes. Okay, I'm going to jump in here. We're going to open up a lot more cans of worms in the second part <laughs> of the program, gentlemen. I'm going to jump in here. We're going to go to a short break, and after that short break, we'll continue our discussion on some real news. Stay with RT. Welcome back to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Lavelle. This is the home edition to remind you we're discussing some real news. All right, let's go back to George and Budapest. Also in the article, and something you and I talk about our podcast very often, is that uh, Sotomayor makes reference to our values. Again, <laughs> what those values are is very unclear to me. I know the word. I can spell the word. I recognize the word when I see it and when I hear it. But when I hear it from these kind of officials, it's just kind of like, you know, um, you know listening to the ocean in a shell. George. Yes, uh, the Stolte book is a great one with the, we're talking about values because it's uh, it's one of those words like it's a it's a buzzword that makes people feel good because they well of course values we we have values we're moral we're spiritual uh, you know we cherish uh, freedom democracy you know motherhood apple pie they on the other hand don't you know they sit there you know down in the dungeon plotting evil things and uh thinking malevolent thoughts all the time so that's why you know he says these things so that uh, everyone feels good about uh nato and that's really how you know this the, nato is just this gigantic propaganda machine i mean they they shower enormous sums of money creating all these fellowships and all these think tanks and all these conferences yeah. and and everyone goes there they uh shower favors on journalists on their favorite journalists so you know you know we they, they go to uh you know these news conferences they get good seats they get to ask uh questions uh, those who are in any way skeptical of NATO, you don't get into uh, the NATO news conference, or if you do, you, you tell get, me about it. Tell yeah, me about yeah, it. The at the back, <laughs> and no one's going to call you. And then you know, and any time, any any time you ask a uh, a challenging question, Stoltenberg, you know, fumbles it, and he's quickly rescued by uh, by other journalists. And George, you know, he, that's he, the end he of was asked a question about Yugoslavia, which he, he was uh, yeah, he, he, exactly somebody. I think there was one Russian journalist. I think got in, asked the question. Obviously, they went off script. They called him, and he said, you know, well, you said NATO is defensive. You know, what about Yugoslavia? And he said, oh yes, um, uh, but you know that was uh, authorized by the United Nations Security Council, and of course it wasn't. 
And so, um, you know, I think the New York Times man, Stephen Erlanger, said, well, um, um, my recollection is very, very politely, my recollection is that there wasn't a, uh, a UN Security Council resolution. A recollection. He knows perfectly well that there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well, maybe, but it was all humanitarian. You know, we, we did it to save lives. We did it to save genocide. And then it, moving, moving right along. But that, that's what happens. I mean, you know, Stoltenberg is, isn't asked challenging questions, and so he can pontificate away happily about things that make, make us all feel good. Yes, we have values. Well, Martin, you're in a unique position because you're outside of NATO world. Um, I am too. Um, you've told this before, but I think it's worth reiterating. And when, when you hear a Western official talk about Western values, how does that ring where you are? Um, very elitist and very bigoted. Um, you know, you, you're going back in time to a period of colonialism where European powers, you know, looked down on the Africans and sent their missionaries into the darkest corner of the continents. You know, this idea of values. We need to teach you values. You don't know values, so we have values. Values are a commodity, like a 40-foot container of baked beans. You know, we've got lots of them, you haven't. Um, but to, let me go back to my point about 2014 when I was cut off on the break. I think Stoltenberg, amazingly, he went to this and incredibly admitted in his so-called interview, which I'm absolutely certain is, is was scripted. Um, you know, he's, he's made references to um, pouring money, military aid into Ukraine since 2014, since when Poroshenko was installed. You know, it, whether it was a, 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 a coup d'etat or whether it was certainly intervention. I mean, you know, it's unquestionable. Victoria Newland talks about $5 billion of American taxpayers' money. $5 billion, not $5 million. I mean, that's an awful lot for bunting and brochures, isn't it? You know, so he doesn't want to actually throw the spotlight on that historical period of what's been going on. But it, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense now. If, if, if more people in the West understood the timeline, then I think they'd be more shocked about the the interview and the references to preventing escalation and, you know, all sorts of, of other preposterous ideas. I mean, the whole idea about this value thing is that to, a lot of people buy into it, as George mentioned, and, and, and it is very much um, considered to be a, a Western notion. And it's very useful for when Western elites talk about uh, the new enemies, new people out there who we should be very wary of, like the Chinese. And, you know, he makes this reference, which is incredibly paternalistic in, in the interview, which I couldn't believe. You know, he said, you know, well, we can't really take the Chinese seriously because, until they recognize that, um, that Russia, you know, um, invaded. And, and, you know, that, that's really a way of saying we're never going to work things out with the Chinese. We're going to put all these barriers up because we want, along with Biden, to go back to an old 1980s world where we can have this wall and we can divide everything and we can pour billions and billions into military industrial complexes where corruption flourishes and we can get to choose our SOBs around the world who we want to install. You know, And this thing about China is, is extraordinary because you made a reference to, um, to uh, Jungle Joe uh, in uh, the European Union. That's uh, Joseph Borrell. He just recently, a few days ago, had a foreign minister's conference in Sweden and he just basically almost carbon copied all of these talking points of that interview. You know, they're both politically from the same party. They're both from the, from the left, you know, um, so was there some collusion there? But, but um, Jungle Joe went that stage further and actually really hammered the Chinese. And Stoltenberg 
didn't. He actually pulled back from actually saying, you know, it, incredibly, it was only three years ago that Stoltenberg was talking about the Chinese as our new allies, as that we should be building bridges and bringing them closer to, you know, bringing them in from the cold, that awful um, spy cliche from the 1990s. You know, all that was out there. So what has happened to this guy? What's happened to Stoltenberg? Simple. He's been put into line by Biden. And the other right. he, he got yeah. he got the memo. He definitely got the memo. You know, it's interesting. That I'm glad that uh, Martin has talked about how this was crafted because I think he's absolutely right. But I think the introduction of 2014 without any references, it's to sanitize the history, meaning it's mentioned. It, we're not going to explain to you because it's not important. So why should you you know? Another thing, another attempt to sanitize George was the question about. Um, um, Republicans in, con in Congress, conservatives in general, kind of um, um, losing interest in the Ukraine uh, caper. And But what he did was, which we would have all expected, is that it's bipartisan, which again means this is the elite to say, who cares what the people say? My goodness, we don't need referenda to get into, have a country enter NATO. We, the political elite, the, 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 like, the bicoastal elites in the, in the American reference there. So, I mean, it was interesting how they kind of it's it was an attempt to sanitize so many potential questions that a real journalist would actually ask yeah that, that, that's right and and it is very important that this is an, an elite project because again let's uh, you know recall a few days ago when um uh, donald trump was in that uh, cnn town hall debate and uh, and then he said, well, that um, you know, my first priority would be to bring immediate peace to Ukraine. I'm going to get around the table. This you know would seem like a a reasonable thing to do. What a statesman would do. What a serious political figure would do. And how did um, Caitlin Collins, the uh, the moderator, respond? Well, don't you want Ukraine to win? I said, well, <laughs> I want peace. But do you want Ukraine to win? And 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 that's that's just that's the the, the mentality of the people who go after these uh, uh, Stoltenberg news conferences. Well, George, all I can say is that maybe Trump is watching us, or maybe people around him. But on this program, with my honored guest right here, we have asked this question over and over again: What is the objective? Winning or losing or peace? And Trump got it spot on right. Keep yeah, going, George. Exactly. So yeah, he said exactly what you're supposed to say. And that is public opinion. And remember, the, the audience cheered. Uh, you know, this is a Republican audience. So this is, you know, people on the right, these are likely Trump voters. They cheered. They didn't say, hey, we want to go back to these sort of Ronald Reagan, you know, the kind of the kind of stuff that Republican politicians, mainstream Republican politicians, well, Ronald Reagan, if it had been Ronald Reagan, he would have, um, you know, you, you know, he'd have gone all in, you know, he would have told Putin, you know, you know, you better shape up or you, you'll see what you get. That's that's not where the public is. The public says, well, you know, we, let's bring peace now. Um, and that's true also in Europe. I mean, we just had a poll in uh, in Germany. Overwhelming majority of Germans do not want Ukraine in NATO. So right. Stoltenberg says, well, all NATO allies agree Ukraine must be in NATO. Yeah, but that's, you know, Germany, the public opinion says, no, we don't <laughs> want this. And you go to any country in Europe and you ask them, they say, no, we don't want this. We, we don't want, essentially, our being, we're being pushed into a war that we don't want by political leaders who have not even been able to spell out what exactly their objectives are. 
You know, Martin, they, they, talking about values, I suppose one of them would be um, uh, uh, democracy. But I mean, when, when uh, Burrell speaks or when Stoltenberg speaks, there's such a democracy deficit. I mean, George just referenced that, you know, public opinion. Well, actually, if you look at public opinion polls in Germany year after year after year, the majority of Germans want American troops to leave, okay? They want them off their soil. The war has been over like 78 years right now. But, you know, this is an elite. Goldenberg, you know, he's appointed. He's not elected, okay? He's not an elected official. You know, and, and, we, and we have the same thing with the European Commission. These are all elite-driven. And, you know, and, and public opinion, well, you know, that, that's just a, um, a moment in time, they always say. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it means something um, um, to the people that are actually raising this issue because there are real consequences. These elites don't have any consequences. I'm sure Stoltenberg's lifestyle is wonderful. Go ahead, Martin. Yeah, and these elite have their clusters, don't they? You talked about the European Union or European Commission, um, NATO, UN. Uh, I wonder where Stoltenberg's going after October, where he stands down. I think Would... he's going to go to the Norwegian uh, Central Bank. Central Bank. I think that's Central ah, Bank. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, cushy um, job. Cushy job. Cushy job. Yeah. yeah, still with the elite, still still with all these um, um, clusters that, that people sign up to when they have to. Um, but, you know, you made a point about um, democracy. I think there's a democratic deficit also with media. You know, George said about um, journalists dealing with NATO. You know, I went to Afghanistan in 2007 and um, refused to have a, a NATO embed. And an American major lady very politely said to me over the telephone, I'll quote her. She said, honey, you're not going to get much work done here without one. <laughs> that, was, that was NATO's way of saying, you know, you're either embedded and you sign up to the theater of all these... Um, these various um, things we've arranged for you to see and report on, you know, or nothing. And I, so I went my own way. I had to do my own thing. But um, it's interesting that journalists aren't reporting on the Stoltenberg interview. If you do some Googling, you would have well, thought... Gentlemen, we've, we've run out of time, but at least we talked about it, and I think that makes it worth watching, okay? All right, I want to thank my guests in, uh, in Marrakesh and in Budapest. I want to thank our viewers for watching us here at RT. See you next time, and remember, cross-talk rules.